when you start out in the language, you can barely hear the differences. In fact, I would say most people can't hear the difference. Hi there, Steve Kaufman here. And uh, today I want to talk about Spanish from Spain versus Spanish from Mexico. Uh, remember, if you enjoy these videos, please subscribe, click on the bell for notifications when there's a new video. Uh, follow me, please, uh, as well, uh, if you want to practice your English, especially on a podcast service, and please do leave a comment. So first of all, I do have, I'm getting <laughs> dressed for my video, I found a link t-shirt, so I'm wearing my link t-shirt. It comes up all the time. Should I learn the Spanish in Spain or the Spanish in Mexico? Or I would rather learn the Spanish in Mexico or the Spanish in Spain, or I don't want to use material from Spain because I want to learn Spanish, the Spanish from Mexico. My take on this is as follows. You can find all kinds of material by Googling, which will sh give you, you know, a hundred differences between say Mexican Spanish and Spanish in Spain. And you can get lists of these. It's kind of useless in my opinion. The difference doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter for a variety of reasons. First of all, the Spanish world is not divided into Mexican Spanish and Spanish in Spain. The largest Spanish speaking countries in the world are Mexico, of course, number one, followed by Argentina and Colombia, I believe. And even the United States is a larger Spanish speaking country than Spain, but that's kind of meaningless because the Spanish speakers in the United States have come from somewhere else. So they don't really represent a, a particular sort of unified form of the language. Second of all, Spanish of the languages where you have, you know, different regional accents, which includes obviously English with Australian English and New Zealand English and, and uh, Singapore English and Scottish English and, and uh, you know, Liverpool English and uh, American, which is again, not one American, but New York, Boston, Texas, uh, you name it. So in all of these countries, there are differences, but in the Spanish, my experience is that the vowels don't change that much. So there's not, it's not that difficult to understand the different variations. The consonants do change in that some of the places they don't pronounce the S for example, the Chileans. So there are, there are differences, but to me, and, and also I should say the, the differences in Spanish, just as in English or other languages, it's not just a matter of Spain versus Mexico or even Spain versus Mexico versus Peru versus Colombia versus Argentina, Chile, Nicaragua. It's also within those countries, there are tremendous regional differences. Uh, I hear this when I listen to a Colombia, Colombian telenovela, differences in pronunciation. And certainly I had a discussion with a Colombian who taught Spanish online. I can't remember her name, but she said there are regions in Colombia where this term is used, where, you know, getting into to the whole, uh, usted and tú as a general rule in Mexico, the formal you people tend to use usted more, which is actually third person. Whereas in Spain, they go to two more quickly, but she was explaining to me that in Colombia, there are parts of the country where they use usted more parts of the country where they use two more parts of the country where they invert and the more casual informal form is usted. So all of this stuff can vary within countries from country to country for Spanish and for other languages. The point is though, that you have to get used to it all. If you're watching a movie in Spanish, it's very possible that there will be actors there who are, or characters that are from Spain or from Mexico or from Colombia or from Peru, from Argentina. Uh, you can't control that. You have to understand them all. Uh, if you're reading a book, there could be characters there from different Spanish speaking countries. You need words. 
learning a language is primarily a matter of learning words. You should learn these words from any source that you find interesting. And if that happens to be Mexican or Spanish or Colombian or whatever, you shouldn't say exclude that. I don't want to listen to that because I want to focus on whatever Mexican Spanish because I'm going to Mexico. You need the words and the differences aren't that great. And when you start out in the language, you can barely hear the differences. In fact, I would say most people can't hear the difference. So just treat it all as one language, read as much as you can, listen as much as you can, acquire the vocabulary. And as you stumble across regional terms, you will learn, oh yeah, this is a term used in, uh, you know, Colombia to mean something rather. It's a very much a regional term. You'll gradually, as you get exposed to more and more of the sort of vernacular of a particular country, you'll get more and more used to it. At some point, if you're going to be living in or traveling in Mexico, Spain, Colombia, wherever, you may want to focus in on a particular sort of form of pronunciation because you find that more attractive or more useful. But the likelihood is that even if you think you are imitating that, you know, Mexican Spanish, to the local, you still sound like a foreigner. So it won't make much difference. The main thing is, can you put words together? Do you understand what people are saying? Are you able to express yourself with words, even with mistakes, even with some pronunciation fuzziness? That's the main thing. So that this distinction, you know, do I, I want to make sure I'm learning, uh, you know, uh, whatever, uh, to me, it's, it's not that meaningful. If anything, in Portuguese, the difference is greater between, say, the Portuguese in Portugal and the Portuguese in Brazil. But even within Brazil and within Portugal, you have regional differences. But as a general rule, if you sort of take Portuguese accents from Portugal, Brazilian, Brazilian accents from Brazil, those are more different. And the Portuguese spoken in Portugal is often held to be more difficult to understand for a learner than the Portuguese spoken in Brazil, because the Portuguese have a tendency to chew their uh, syllables a little bit. But even there, when I was learning Portuguese, I wanted to listen to both. I want to be able to understand both. If I find something interesting that's in Portuguese, a podcast from Portugal or a podcast from Brazil, I want to be able to understand it. I want to be able to use it for my language learning. If you are learning English and you have a person speaking to you who's very interesting and you like his or her voice, and he or she is Scottish or from Texas or Georgia or uh, Liverpool or Australia, you still want to access that material. So I just think there's far too much emphasis, similarly with French, between the French spoken in Montreal or in Paris or in Marseille. To me, these are not, or Haiti for that matter, where the language is a little bit different. These are not important issues. Get the words in you, get the brain used to the language, speak when you have an opportunity, don't worry about how you sound, go for it and take in the whole language. So that's my take on Mexican Spanish versus Spanish uh, in Spain. It doesn't matter. It actually is a false statement of the problem. Spain, Spanish, you know, is widespread around the world as are many other languages, enjoy them all, all variations of the language. And, and on a final note, these regional differences in different forms of Spanish, it's still one language. So it's not like Spanish and Portuguese, which are different languages, although very, very similar with a high degree of uh, mutual intelligibility. Vocabulary is very, very similar. 
A similar uh, case would be, say, the Scandinavian languages, where there's a greater difference of vocabulary and syntax, but still they kind of more or less understand each other a lot of the time. But uh, all of these are considered languages, partly because they're separate countries and partly because, uh, you know, there's a sufficient difference. Um, you know, Schwitzerdeutsch uh, in Switzerland is considered to be a separate language, but it's a, it's a form, it's in effect a dialect of German. But Austrian is not considered a separate language, Bavarian is not considered a separate language. Today, the language that's spoken in Bavaria or Austria is still German. If we get to, say, Ukrainian and, and, and Russian, or the Slavic languages, they are again very similar, similar grammar, a lot of common vocabulary, but there again, you know, some lang some of the Slavic languages are closer to each other than, than others. So Russian tends to be an outlier from a vocabulary point of view, whereas uh, Ukrainian, Polish, Slovak, etc., Czech even are closer together. So, but they are separate languages from a political point of view and from a, you know, the, the extent to which they are mutually intelligible. Uh, so that's a very different situation from, and, and even with Chinese, I mean, You've got, say, Mandarin as spoken in Taiwan versus uh, different areas of the mainland. It's still the same language, it's still Mandarin. That's not the same as what is sometimes called, what are sometimes called regional dialects like Cantonese or Shanghainese, but which to me are different languages uh, with essentially overwhelmingly the same vocabulary. But again, once you get into casual conversation, the vocabulary is different and the pronunciation is so different that they're mutually unintelligible. Anyway. A bit of a rant here on this whole subject and I of, of, you know, different variants of the language. And again, it's not like Arabic where the languages, in fact, are almost different languages. It's, it's the Spanish thing is they're very, very similar. And it doesn't matter which one you listen to and which one you use to improve your Spanish. In my opinion. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.